Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Pame. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 4 of Live with CDP Sports Talk, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call at 519-824-0210 and tell them Chris Pame, a.k.a. AKA CDP sent you as well. And also, guys, you can also now pre order the O Electric Cadillac Lyric or the O Electric Silverado as well. Again, check out barrycollin.com or give them a call at 519 824 0210. And also, their parts and service department now are open on Saturdays from 8 to 4 as well. And I want to say thank you to Barry Collin, uh, Barry Collin uh, GM dealership here in Guelph uh, for sponsoring Live with CDP podcast as well. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody coming on my show tonight, and I'm looking forward to my guest. Uh, her name is Nikki Geist. Uh, I think, yeah, Geist, the host of the Rush Hour podcast, the host of the Giants Rush Hour podcast, and third in 30 podcasts as well as uh, being on the channel side bets, and also a reporter for the New York Giants uh, with uh, Jersey Sporting News as well. So uh, Nikki's going to come on and talk a little bit about the New York Giants and maybe preview the game against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday at MetLife Stadium at 1 o'clock. So bear with me, guys, and I'm going to bring on my guest, Nikki. Good evening, Nikki. How are you doing? Hi. 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 How are you? Thank you for Not having me. Not too bad. I just It's hard to believe how fast the week goes. I know it's already Friday so, night. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> uh, and I was going to say, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. I, you do how many podcast shows are you on again? At least three or four? Well, four, yeah, four. four. Wow! And I thought doing one was enough work. Yeah, it's a lot, uh, but it's fun. But it, yeah, it is a lot. One's a lot, so four is massive. But I do work with uh, really good teams around me, so they make it easy. It helps when you have co-hosts. Yeah, I, I do most of my podcasts on my own, but I'm hoping one day maybe to have a co-host. But hey, I was going to ask you this too, Nikki, before we get into the Giants. Have you guys used Twitter spaces yet? Because this summer I started using it for uh, the CFL's Toronto Argonauts and doing a weekly show for the team there on Twitter spaces. Yeah, we dabbled in it here and there. You know, it's just uh, not something I can do all the time. So how how do you like Twitter spaces? I, I like it. It gives me another platform. So I have a co-host for that show I do for the CFL's Argonauts. So nice. it helps as well. And uh, I, I really like it a lot as well. It gives me an options between this and Twitter spaces as well. Yeah, it is a nice option. I wish I could do more of it. Definitely. Now, I, I was going to get into the Giants. Mm -hmm. What happened last week with the game with the Washington Commanders? Oh my gosh. Well, I uh, was very disappointed that we ended in a tie. I hate ties in the NFL. I don't understand why. I, why can't we just play until somebody scores? I know that they do that in the postseason, but it's just um, 
kind of ridiculous that, you know, we, we just end in a tie and I, it's going to come back to haunt one of these teams. Um, so probably be the giants with my luck, <laughs> but what was really frustrating was, and you can say it for the commanders too. And I've talked to commanders fans, you know, all week long, um, both teams really had opportunities to close this game out. You know, the Giants alone just had countless opportunities to put them, uh, the commanders away, and they just didn't do it. Um, and you do things like have a taunting penalty, which I understand was, you know, towards the Giants. But in my view, it's um, let's not give the refs any room to interpret things. Um, let's just play smart football. And, um, you know, get back to fundamentals. And it, it was just unfortunate. They just really couldn't close it out. I think the play calling hasn't really been great the past few weeks. So um, I think I attribute a lot of that to health, right? Getting some of these guys back healthy over the next couple of weeks, hopefully, you know, gives us a great advantage here to kind of get, you know, this team back on track. But, um, yeah, they just couldn't close it out. And uh, we end up with a tie. This is a time of the year, too, where a lot of NFL teams are banged up. And I know the Eagles have some injuries going coming into this game. Dallas Goddard's out. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, their cornerback, was leading the NFL with interceptions with sixes out. Uh, mm -hmm. Quaz Watkins had the shoulder injury. He's questionable. And Sean Browley uh, has a hamstring. So uh, mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be in and out for this game Sunday. One thing, Nikki, about the overtime. They go. They should go back to the 15 minutes instead yeah. of going to 10 minutes. Go to play 15 minutes. Um, I agree with you on the ties. I just don't want to see a field goal kicking contest like the NHL does with the uh, shootout contest. Yeah, and I get it, and I know that that's people's you know argument. You don't want to do the shootout style, and I totally understand that. I just feel like there's got to be a better way, right? So at the end of 15 minutes, I mean, if you still don't have a score, you know, so, so then what you just, you know, go keep going, <laughs> add five more minutes or something. I don't know. I just feel like the NFL has very smart, high paid people, you know, within that organization and all the owners and we can't figure this out. So uh, maybe all the fans, maybe all the fans, we all get together collectively and submit a proposal on how to fix it. I do like the CFL overtime rule, and uh, there you hardly ever see ties in the CFL. Maybe the odd one, but yeah. the way the the CFL has it set up, there's hardly any ties, and that's what we want because you don't want to see a team miss the playoffs because of a tie. And I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, it's frustrating, and like we know, ties will always come back to haunt you. So it's unfortunate, but you know, close out the game. You had the opportunities to do so. And I'm I'm worried about this game because I know on paper uh, the Eagles are 11 and one. They're playing great. I think this could be a trap game because the Eagles are 11 and one right now, and I think there's a lot of attention to them, which is well deserved. And I just think the Giants are going to play one of their better games on Sunday, and I think Brian Dable is going to have them ready. And it's an NFC East rivalry game, so I expect this to be a very close football game. Um, I, <laughs> I'm torn. I honestly don't know if I want to watch. I mean, I'm going to watch, but I'll be, be aggravated watching the whole time. Uh, the Eagles are 13 and three against the giants since 2014. I think it was, um, it's just, you know, there's teams in the NFL where the other team has your number and the Eagles have the giants number. Um, and it's just really frustrating. And I've been to way too many games where I've gotten my heart broken. <laughs> it always seems to be a giants Eagles game. Um, I do 
I can see where you say this is going to probably be a close game. I am, you know, it's just that typical NFC East battle, but I feel like the Eagles are more talented. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback. I'll give Daniel Jones props for being an athletic quarterback. So when he turns those wheels on, he can beat you with his legs. Um, I just think we have way too many injuries, not enough talent at the wide receiver position. And if the Eagles take away Saquon Barkley, if he goes Sunday and you take away the run game again, we, that leaves really nothing for Daniel Jones to work with. So, um, you know, I hope the Giants can keep it competitive, but I, I really just don't think they will. What are your overall thoughts on this 2022 New York Giants uh, team so far this season? Yeah, listen, coming from I, the Giants won four games last year, right? And it's been a rough been a rough eight, nine, 10 years, right? The offensive line hasn't been addressed. They kind of botched the whole Eli Manning retirement thing. Is Daniel Jones the guy? You know, we have Ben McAdoo, Joe, Pat Shermer, Joe Judge, now Brian Dable. So when I was there in the summer, at the start of the summer to cover training camp and stuff, um, you know, you could just feel it. You felt it was different. Brian Dable walked in the building and it was just, the energy was different. The culture was different. Um, he and Joe Shane are just, very vocal about how they are in lockstep with each other, making all decisions together. Uh, they have a great working relationship. And Brian Dable really respects his players and everything that these guys put themselves through to go out there and win a football game. So to have seven wins on the season and play meaningful games in December and have a coach here that's turned the culture around, regardless of the outcome, I, I think the season's already been a success. Brian Dable did a great job, obviously, with New England and Buffalo, and he really was a big part of uh, Josh Allen's development. How do you feel he's helped Daniel Jones this year develop into a better, more competent NFL quarterback? Yeah, Daniel Jones' completion rate is up. I believe he's like in the 68, 70% range. And really, the turnovers are down. I know he's been throwing a couple the past few weeks, but, you know, he, I believe prior to last week, he hadn't thrown an interception and I think it was week one was the last time he did. So he, you know, he's keeping the turnovers down. Um, he's obviously being coached up. He's playing smart football and trying to hang on to the ball. So again, I really just think it's about putting, you know, Brian Dable coaching matters. I know a lot of people say, you know, oh, it's not just the coach. Well, it, it's everything, right? It's the ultimate team sport. It's the players. It's the coaching. You look at a team like Denver with Nathaniel Hackett and, that's just not a great situation. So I have to give a lot of credit to Brian Dable and his team for what he's done with Daniel Jones and all the other players on the team. Do you like the overall direction this franchise is now finally going into? Yeah, I do. You know, they're kind of letting the players be themselves, right? It's not this like you're going to fit in my box. It's we're going to work this offensive scheme, this defensive plan around, you know, our talent. I will say a lot of the defensive players said said playing in a Wink Martindale defense is you have to be smart, right? You have to be intelligent. There's a lot going on. It's blitz happy, um, but they like it. They like this aggressive style. They are excited to play in it. So yeah, hey, I like the direction. We're we're a winning team and we're playing meaningful games in December. And that hasn't happened in a really long time. So I, I'm here for it. I'm excited to see what this team can do with a little continuity and, you know, give Brian Dable a couple more years. You know, I'm not, not that he would get fired, but I just, unless it's egregiously bad, I'm not a fan of just firing a coach after one season. 
you need stability in the NFL. And, and, and you know, this in pro sports fans, us fans want coaches fired all the time, but when yeah. you change coaches and GMs all the time, it makes it difficult to recruit players or yeah. sign free agents and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think the giants sort of remind me of the Eagles last year because the Eagles last year, they were only nine and eight, but they weren't even supposed to make the playoffs under Nick Serrani, their first year coach. And everybody was like, Jalen hurts is no good. Get rid of the guy. The kid yeah. can't play. And they, they stuck with Serrani they stuck with Hertz and now they're being rewarded and I think the Giants are similar to where the Philadelphia was last year yeah I think so and, and I mean you bring up a great point because Jalen Hurts got so much criticism and listen I'm I'm not an Eagles fan by any means but I am objective and I always thought like this kid could be special and it was like let's just give him another year right um, you know also you're out there playing with Jalen Rager who's dropping every everything that came his way all the time so again it's like elevate you got to help your quarterback out let's elevate the team around him let's give him some tools and I mean the Eagles are just there on fire and um you know i if they weren't in the division i'd probably be, <laughs> be rooting for them um but it's you can tell that because the eagles had their stretch of uh, a bad few years and you can tell the eagles yep. have really put it together through you know uh building through the draft and getting some great i mean great free agent signings i mean you guys hit it out of the park getting aj brown that was a fantastic deal so again getting the right pieces in place around your quarterback and helping him out getting some continuity with coaching it makes all the difference reminds me of the buffalo bills before they brought Brian Dable in, Josh Allen was kind of a raw quarterback. He didn't have a lot of weapons. They brought Dable in. They brought Sean McDermott in. Uh, they uh, added to their offensive line. They brought in Singletary. Yeah. Uh, now they brought in Stefan Diggs a couple years ago. And now Buffalo is doing it the right way as well. And uh, that's how you do it. And 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 uh, I really do like the direction the Giants are going in. And even Washington has really improved. And Ron Rivera's done a hell of a job with that team, getting them to 7-5-1 and one without Carson Wentz and using Tyler, Tyler Haneke. What's your overall thoughts on him quickly as a quarterback? Yeah, Heineke, as soon as they get him in, listen, I don't love him. I don't I don't think he's a phenomenal quarterback by any means. You can, you know, obviously get him rattled. Uh, but he just seems to like inject some sort of like energy or chemistry into this offense. Um, because every time he goes out there, they just start rolling. So um yeah, listen, Ron Rivera is a damn good coach. Um, and he's got his team in position. They're playing meaningful games in December. And it's like, hey, how about the NFC East? Uh, you know, I wrote an article back in June for Third and Three Podcasts, and I have predicted that the NFC East would go from the least to the NFC beast. And people called me crazy for that and said, You don't know what you're talking about, Nikki. You have no idea. You shouldn't be talking about football. Well, looks like I was uh, might have hit that prediction on the mark there. So as a division, I'm, I'm happy that our division is finally getting to be one of the better ones, in, you know, in the league because it was a joke for a long time. Absolutely. And back growing up in the 70s and 80s, it was always competitive uh, yeah. with uh, Dallas, Washington, Philly and the Eagles. And it just makes it for better. And 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 everyone's talking about the AFC East right now, but I have to give the NFC East a little bit of an advantage because I think the Jets are kind of come down a little bit. And New England, I don't think of the playoff team. And I was going to ask you, Nikki, when's the last time the NFC East had four teams make the playoffs? I, I need to look I into that. I have to look that up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do I that don't tonight. know. <laughs> it's do a very, very strong possibility that this division sends all four. 
but as an Eagles fan too, I'm not getting too carried away. Uh, yeah. My approach is like the coaches and players one week, one game at a time, because uh, if the Eagles lose Hertz or AJ Brown or even Devonte Smith or mm-hmm. Fletcher, you know what I mean? One of their key players yeah. that can change your whole season. Look at Buffalo. Now they just lost Vaughn Miller for the rest of the year. And I think Buffalo has the depth to overcome it, but you just never know in the game of the, in the end football. Yeah, and that's the, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. Buffalo is good enough to overcome a big injury like that. But, I mean, you look at a team like the Giants, just there's, you know, call it what it is. There's not enough talent to overcome some of these major injuries. And I think that's what we've been seeing the past couple weeks. And, um, you know, it just depends on the team. But I'm with you. All it takes is one wrong play and, you know, quarterbacks out and your whole season's, you know, in the in the tube and down the toilet. So it's – uh. Yeah, it's scary. You just kind of want everybody, you know, like stay healthy so you can get through the postseason. But um, yeah, Buffalo, I mean, they're rolling too. They just, they haven't missed a beat. They've had times where they don't look great, uh, but they overcome it really quick. But I'm with you. Um, The Jets, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I did not expect the Jets to have this good of a season. Um, Shout out to Mike White. He's had back-to-back 300-yard games. He's putting something together there. I don't think Zach Wilson will. (laughs) see the field ever again. Uh, but I'm with you on the uh, Patriots, that offense, that, props to the defense. Their defense is great. That offense leaves yep. a lot to be desired. Matt Patricia should be a defensive coordinator, not an offensive coordinator, not a Matt. head coach. Speaking no. of that, thoughts on Josh McDaniel quickly <laughs> as a head coach. Just doesn't seem to work anywhere, right? I Absolutely. Just, I, I, you know, he's just one of those guys where it's like, it seems like you're getting endless chances and, you know, great offensive coordinator. I just don't think it works as a head coach. And I, I don't know why he keeps getting all these chances. That ending last night, I don't know if you oh, saw the last I saw. two minutes of the game. I, <laughs> I missed did. most of it, but the last few minutes, I'm like, okay, let's see what they do from what their two yard line or something like that. They yeah. were backed up and, uh, Baker Mayfield actually looked pretty good, but I don't know if that's a combination of the penalties or bad defense by the Raiders, but that was just a crazy ending to that game. That was, and you know, you kind of like Thursday night game and you're just kind of like watching and going, okay, should I turn this off? And you know, I kept it on because I was so curious. I wanted to see how Baker Mayfield was going to play. He's only been there for two days, three days. Yeah. Two days, 48 hours. So you know, to watch him go 98 yards and, you know, the Raiders just give it up and in 10 seconds, like win the game, you know, seal it within 10 seconds. It was just like, I couldn't believe it. Just, I'm not a fan either way of either of those teams, but as a fan of the NFL and of the sport, those are the plays you love to see, right? It's the drama. That's, that's what we love. So good for Baker Mayfield. You know, I, I think, you know, it wasn't in a great situation in Carolina. So, you know, maybe this will kind of re-energize the Rams a little bit. Not that they're playing for much right now, but morale. Maybe it'll help. I think I think Baker Mayfield's playing to try to get a starting job next year in the National Football League because there's still teams that need quarterback situations. And and look at the San Francisco 49ers now down to their third string quarterback in Brock Pudi. Pudi, I think. Uh, Purdy. Yeah. Purdy. Purdy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the third string quarterback. But yeah. I'm going to tell you this right now. I have two dark horses in each conference. The one in the AFC, I shouldn't call them a dark horse because they are the defending AFC champions. Everyone's talking about Kansas City and Buffalo, but the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. And in yeah. the NFC, 
even without a quarterback right now, the San Francisco 49ers is a, the 49ers are a team I would be worried about playing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know what, though? The 49ers are that classic case of just get a serviceable quarterback, right? Because they have a fantastic offense. They have so much talent. You got George Kittle. You got Debo. I mean, that defense is something serious. So they can they can have a serviceable quarterback and I think be okay. Um, and what was the other team you mentioned? Oh, the Bengals. Uh, you know what? It's so funny. That was another prediction that I made last year. And I said the Bengals would go all the way <laughs> to the AFC Championship. And I got call crazy for that one too. And, uh, I don't know. I just thought that they would go on this run and they did. And I am a huge Joe Burrow fan. I love to watch this kid play. I know he gets a lot of hate cause he's a little cocky, but I think he's just so damn good. A little cockiness is okay. And him and Jamar chase. I mean, I have them in fantasy. Um, and you know, it, it's just, <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to win my matchup. It's just, I love watching them just from a, an athletic standpoint. So I'm with you. I, I think people keep saying, you know, the Bengals all oh, take the step back, step back, but I think you got to watch out for them because what's Pittsburgh doing? What's Cleveland doing? I mean, is Lamar Jackson coming back in Baltimore? Again, I talk about Baltimore all the time because they don't have a number one wide receiver. They don't have a Jamar chase. They just don't address that position. So I think the division's up for uh, the Bengals. They could take it. Miami, I was impressed with, but now I think they've got some injuries. And mm -hmm. uh, San Francisco basically showed the rest of the league how to beat the Miami Dolphins by playing yeah. physical football and playing good defense. And I think Miami's made strides this year, but I just don't think they're ready to win the AFC East yet or get to the AFC Championship game this year. Yeah, not yet. Maybe another year or so, right? Um, and I was down on Tua. I didn't really believe in him coming into the season. He has proven me wrong. I just think they might need another year to kind of put it together a little bit. But they, they've they done a fantastic job. But I don't know if they're winning any AFC championship games. No. Are you sold on the Minnesota Vikings? So I get this question um, a lot because people always like to say they're a fraudulent 10 and two team. Well, I just, they find ways to win. And I, Kirk Cousins is not great on prime time. We know that. Um, and their defense isn't that great either, but they're finding ways to win games. And if you can grind it out, um, that's the kind of mentality. That's the kind of team you need to succeed in the postseason. So I'm not as down on them as a lot of other people are. I, I agree, and uh, ten and two is still a pretty good record. And yeah. they did they did beat Buffalo in Buffalo a few weeks ago, which isn't easy to do as well. Yeah, and you know you play who's on the schedule. I, you know, you look at the Eagles; they have one of the easier schedules, you know, in the league. But it, you can't do anything about it, so you just you play who's on your schedule, and that's it. It's somebody's turn to have an easy schedule every year. Okay. Um, can you tell my audience a little bit about yourself? I'm, I'm just outside of Toronto here. And uh, also about how did you come about your podcast shows, the Rush Hour, the New York Giants Rush, Third and Three, and I think what was the other one? Uh, uh, oh, Channel Side so Bets. Channel side bet. Sorry, yeah. pardon me. Pardon me on that. <laughs> That's okay. It's too many to uh, <laughs> too many to keep track of. I can barely do it myself. Um, yeah. So I uh, born and raised in New Jersey at the Jersey Shore, actually. Um, and if you've ever watched Jersey Shore on TV, that's exactly the Jersey Shore I'm talking about. Um, fun fact, actually, I 
was there the night that uh, Snooki got hit, hit in the face. And I've watched that episode a million times to see if I could see myself in the background, but I don't think so. But it's literally standing right there. Um, so I basically grew up there. I live um, just about under an hour outside of New York City. So um, kind of grew up with watching football with my dad and just asking him, you know, a million questions and why this and what does that mean? And, you know, we would just spend Sundays together and watch football. And, you know, they all, my parents only live like an hour from me. So, you know, we're texting all the time on Sundays, me and my dad. But um, as far as the podcasting start came about, um, I was in a fantasy football league for, gosh, I don't know, eight, nine years with a group of people. And we're all spread out throughout the country. And um, it was right when COVID hit. And a friend of mine in the league had a podcast and said, Nikki, do you want to come on? And I said, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Like, what do you do? And he's like, just come on and talk about the Giants. So I said, okay, I can do that. And then the next week he had me back on and he invited his friend and then we kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And then COVID hits, right. And the NBA shuts down every single sport shuts down. And it's like, oh my gosh, we're building so much momentum and what are we going to do? So we formed third and three podcast, and we just kind of, you know, tried to do what we could for content and kind of made a show about nothing, but we're going to hit three years in March. Um, and then out of that just came like brand building, as you know, right? So then start with New York Giants rush and covering the Giants for Jersey Sporting News. Then I take on Rush Hour and Channel Side Bets. And it just kind of keeps snowballing from there and growing. And it's been a really fun ride. And it podcasting community is a really great community to be a part of. Everybody's very supportive of each other. Um, and you don't get that in a lot of industries. So yeah, it's been fun. It's a lot of work, but you know, I, um, I wouldn't change it for anything. I can relate. And, um, I started my podcast in March of 2020 as well. And, um, this is my 224th episode tonight. And, Ooh, uh, and, um, Thank you. I ended up doing camera work for a local basketball team. I uh, never done camera work before and they liked my work. They paid me. And then it led me to Rogers TV, which is a big cable company out of Toronto. And oh. I started doing camera work for them, broadcasting for them. And then I decided before the pandemic struck to start my own podcast show up. Uh, I have to admit the first four months, I wasn't very good. I couldn't get <laughs> guests on. But I kept working at it, and it actually got me through the pandemic, and I started getting improving, and as soon as I get one guest on, I started getting more, and mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoy it. And you're right. Everyone has been very supportive, and I've had guys like Dan Shaman and Freddie Coleman on and Amy Lawrence and a number of guests. I never thought I would have a chance to have on my show, and they've been really supportive, and I'm lucky being in Canada. I get the best of both worlds with Canadian sports and the American sports as well. Yeah, I bet you do. That's uh, that's amazing. And listen, I, I don't think I was very good at first either. Um, <laughs> but it comes to you. It starts, you know, comes a little easier over time. And it's exactly what you said. As soon as you get that one guest and you start building some credibility and then it just gets easier and easier and you meet other podcasters and you can expand your audience a little bit and you just get to meet different people and athletes and ex-athletes. And it's a, it's a really really cool thing that we all get to do and have a platform and you know everyone and their mother has a podcast we get it you know that but that's what builds a support in the community so um listen if anybody wants to get into podcasting or you're afraid to i am more than happy to have you guys on 
couple of my shows and <laughs> get your feet wet, see if you like it. Um, it takes get some getting used to to be on camera. And, you know, in the beginning, I struggled with putting myself out there, right, for the world and the criticism that comes your way. Um, and now it's like I still get a lot of it, but it just kind of rolls off me now. You have to have thick skin. And uh, like yeah. I said, most of my support has been positive, but sometimes you do get some um critics and stuff like that or rejection is a part of this too yeah. i've been rejected by some people or they haven't showed up and uh, yeah. you don't take it personally and i just use it as motivation to keep improving and keep learning and building my uh my rather i call it a, res a video resume with my youtube channel and on here as well yeah, no, you can't take it personal. We've we've had that happen to us too, where the guests just don't show. And um, it's unfortunate. Um, a lot of times they didn't intend to. It depends on who the guest is. Uh, but you just keep it rolling. You, you just can't let the negativity get to you. It's easier said than done. Um, sometimes people are really mean and nasty. And, you know, I just want to like go through my phone and scream and yell. But, you know, you take it for where, from where it's coming from. So. Absolutely. Um, are you still good for about 10 more minutes around? Yeah, 10 more yeah minutes? I can do about 10 okay. more minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about your role with uh, channel side bets? Yeah. So I co-host channel side bets, uh, two guys, Evan and chip, um, it's channel side sports network, which is the bigger, you know, parent media company. And so that show is really fun. We're on uh, Sundays at 1130 Eastern time and it's all daily fantasy. So we go through like, you know, your ideal lineup, how can you get value for your, uh, daily fantasy, um, lineup. And then we do a lot of betting too. So we pick against the spread over under some prop betting, um, we have like a punishment wheel that we have to spin every week because uh, we do picks. So whoever loses, um, I've lost since week one. The past two weeks I've won. So <laughs> I said I've never had such a horrible record until I started doing channel side bets. But we just have a good time. You know, it's like a quick 40, 45 minute show. We go over the injury report, any NFL news. But again, it's basically your daily fantasy and your betting. My guest yesterday on, he's from the National Lacrosse League, but he's also with Cool Bet Canada as well. Mm -hmm. And um, if you ever wanted to have somebody to talk to you about the game of National Lacrosse League or uh, Cool Bet Canada or the NFL, uh, his name's Pat Gregor. He's oh. really one of the best of the business. He's, he's uh, I think he'll be on TSN or ESPN one day. He's that good of a, a broadcaster. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I had him on my show last night for 90 minutes and it was like we lost track of time because we were just uh, talking and, and stuff like that. But he's really does a, a great job and stuff like that. And that's a new sport I'm following to the National Lacrosse League. And I'm yeah. hoping the team in New York City does okay. Uh, the New York Riptide. It's just basically a combination of hockey and basketball. And it's a great sport to follow as well. Yeah, I um. I don't know. I don't know the last time I watched lacrosse. So okay. it was one of those, one of those uh, sports that, I mean, yeah. basically stick to NFL. I okay. basketball. I love college basketball, um, baseball when I can, I have years where I'm super into it. And then I have years where I just won't really watch it. Um, not much of a hockey person. Uh, I know you guys take hockey very seriously up there, but, uh, yeah, basically just stick to uh, NFL, basketball, college basketball. Uh, college football at all by any chance? Um, No, not really. It's around draft time like everybody else when I start paying attention. You know what it is? It's just where I live. It's like 
we have Rutgers University here. So of course I root for them. Um, but you know, down in the South, it's, it's just kind of like football is a way of life. It's, it's almost like a religion college football down there. It's just not how it is up here in the Northeast really. Uh, so yeah, I'll watch here and there, but I, nothing that I don't, I'm not crazy about watching it every Saturday. Yeah, I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan, and uh, beating Ohio State is basically like winning the national championship. Anything yes. now, uh, beating Texas Christian University or Georgia, I think, in the final, which most likely uh, is gravy, just beating Ohio State. It's just like the Eagles beating Dallas. It's like beating oh. Dallas is almost as good as winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. What's that like? I don't know. <laughs> it's been a minute. But there is one player on the Cowboys I wish would be on the Eagles, Mika Parsons, tremendous uh, linebacker. Yeah. And he sort of reminds me of Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, this kid is just, he's a beast, right? I mean, yeah, I think we would all take him. Who wouldn't, you know? It's uh, unfortunate that he is on the Cowboys because I am a fan of him and I do really like the way that he plays. Um, but it's hard to root for him because, you know, he's a frigging Cowboy. So <laughs> it's just, you know, it's tough. Um, but that's just part of the NFC East, you know? It's rival week. It's And who's at the schedule? I mean, we got like all rival games here at the end of the season. Yeah, I guess the Giants have, well, you got the Eagles Sunday at yeah. Washington, at Minnesota, yeah. Indianapolis and the Eagles. That's a real tough schedule uh, with it's the two tough. Eagle games and the Viking game. So how many wins do you think the uh, Giants realistically could win? And how many do you think would get you into a wild card this year in the NFC? So I think three would do it. I think three, if I what I read earlier, I think three would get them in and that should do it. Now, where those three come from, I don't know. <laughs> It's just, you know, you're going to, I hate to sit here and be like, oh, must win, but you're going to have to beat the Eagles. You got to beat Washington. You're going to have to beat Washington, right? Um, hopefully you can beat the Colts and then it's going to either have to be the Eagles or Minnesota. And that that's not easy. So, you know, maybe realistically they can get two. I, I just don't know where that third one's going to come from. The uh, January 8th game against the Eagles, if the Eagles have already clinched the NFC East and clinched the number one seed in the NFC, that could be a possibility. Um, the Colts are a mess right now, and, and and you never know. Any given Sunday, yeah. any team can be beaten. You know yeah. that as well as anybody. So, Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, you're right. If the Eagles have clinched already, maybe they rest everybody. Maybe they sit. I don't know. I mean, the Eagles usually just want to, like, stick it to the Giants regardless. So, um, you know, we'll see. But like you said, any given Sunday, hey, we could win this Sunday, right? It could just be a bad day for the Eagles and um, a great day for the Giants. So we we will see. The, this is their 81st ever, 81st meeting all time between the teams. The Eagles are 90 wins, 88 losses, and two ties. So it's oh. been pretty close over the years, plus those two ties. Yeah. No, it has. This is this is one of the bigger, better rivalries, I think, right? Because I and I have friends and family that are Eagles fans, but look at the end of the day, I mean, you just just can't stand them. <laughs> can't stand the Cowboys. Um, so it's just one of those great rivalries. It's it's right up there for me with like Pittsburgh and Baltimore. That's one of the great ones too. So and Kansas City and Cincinnati has become my new favorite, yep. you know, matchup and rivalry to watch. And in a couple of weeks on Monday Night Football, there might be a new rivalry starting with Buffalo at Cincinnati. That's going to be a, a hell of a game between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. 
I know. I'm so excited for that. I love this young group of quarterbacks that we are going to get to watch for a very, very long time. You know, God willing, hopefully they stay healthy. Um, uh, but I am just so excited for this young talent that the league has. It's really fun to watch. And Joe Burrow's father played in the CFL in the 1970s and 80s with the Montreal Alouettes. So there's a Canadian Football League connection. Oh, that's so funny. I didn't know that. Yes. And uh, like I said, uh, Joe Theismann played up here as well, and Warren Moon and Jeff Garcia and stuff like that. Yep. Even uh, Chad Johnson, old Joel Sinkle, uh, oh, yeah. played up in the CFL. And uh, I'm one of the guys who grew up with both leagues. And in Canada, it seems like, oh, if it's not the NFL, it's no good. But the CFL is great, and I like the differences between both games. And I don't know why fans here can't just like both leagues. And uh, even the Americans that come up here realize how good the, the product is as well. It's just they don't have the TV contract or the salaries yeah. the NFL does. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, if they had the TV contract, I'm sure that the product would be able to reach, you know, new audiences, kind of like the NFL does with the international series, right? Yeah. Which, you know, yeah. I, that I love that because it's great to get the product out there and to go international and get other people involved. I think one of the greatest things is when they're in a stadium or, you know, they're over there in London and it's a sea of people, but they all have got different jerseys from different errors and different teams. And it's just like, it's very cool to see. So uh, yeah, I, I could see that the CFL could get their product in front of more eyes. They, they probably take off. They are now on ESPN. I believe ESPN okay. two, which is a start as well. Uh, I talked to one of your podcast hosts, uh, Jason, and I, I think he's going to come on my show at some point. And I said, if you guys ever want somebody from Canada on to talk some NHL or CFL football as well, and know about the game and the, the differences between that and the NFL, I'd be happy to come on as well. And yeah. I'm part of the uh, Argonauts media freelance. I do freelance media work for the Toronto Argonauts. And, and uh, I, I just love that sport, just like the NFL. And I love football period so yeah no well i have to if you're around on monday uh you should come on rush hour you should come on my show we're on from seven to eight o'clock especially after this giants eagles game so i'll uh i send out the link to everybody it's a show for the fans everybody can come on vent celebrate we talk some fantasy we look ahead at the betting lines um you know for the upcoming week but if you're around i would be so happy to have you on for a few minutes we can kind of recap this week definitely Definitely. I do have a podcast show on Monday at six o'clock with the uh, director of operations for the Canadian baseball hall of fame Ooh. here. It's our version of Cooperstown here. And okay. when that, when that show's over, I'd be happy to pop on yes. your show at seven o'clock as well. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, come on just rush one, hour. Okay. And last question I wanted to ask you this, um, just quick thoughts on this game against the Eagles on Sunday. And what are some keys to uh, a giants win over Philadelphia? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, just try to contain <laughs> Jalen Hurts a little bit, if this is even possible. Um, you know, the defense has to work on actually not missing tackles. It's been a little rough the past few weeks. Um, but I think if we can, we, I'm not, you know, I don't own the team. I think if the Giants can go out there, get a fast start. Cause what you can't do is start slow against the Eagles. And I know sometimes the Eagles tend to start slow and then they pick it up all of a sudden in the fourth quarter and then they're just blowing you out. So I think that if the Giants can get off to a pretty fairly quick start, try to get ahead, contain Jalen Hurts as much as possible, play smart mistake 
free football. These penalties have been absolute killers these past few weeks. So if we can back that off a little bit, um, I think that we would have a, a fighting chance. Yes or no, OJ Beck, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, comes back to the Giants. Yes, I'm saying yes because I am manifesting it. So I'm saying yes. I hope he does. Because there's rumors, Dallas, um, uh, Buffalo, Buffalo at one point, Green Bay earlier in the year, but Green Bay's out of it. But you do see him coming back to the New York Giants. Do you see him coming back in the regular season or postseason? Um, so it looked like the Cowboys did leak that. Well, not a leak, but I just find it funny that he went to a couple other teams and none of this information came out. But it looks like that the you know he's still not ready, so it might be a postseason. Um, you know, I heard and saw that Kansas City might try to get into the mix, and the Ravens reached out to his agent. As much as I want him, I feel like he makes sense in Baltimore. And selfishly, I'd love to see Lamar Jackson and OBJ on the same field together. Uh, but we'll see. It looks like I think it'll be a postseason if he, if he does come back and gets ready. Before I let you go, where can my audience in Canada uh, find you on social media and your when are your podcast shows on again as well? And I guess they can follow them on YouTube. Yeah, you can follow uh, all my shows on YouTube. You guys can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at Nikki Nick 9384. It's N I K K I N I C 9384. You guys can catch me Monday nights on Rush Hour from 7 to 8. The Giants guys uh, on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock. We go um, live at 7 o'clock for Third and Three podcasts on Wednesdays and Channel Side Bets um, 11 30 Eastern on Sunday morning. Okay, and uh, I was going to say, Nikki, I would really like to have you back on again, again as a guest, uh, maybe before the playoffs start, and just preview the uh, AFC matchups and the NFC yeah. matchups. And uh, Jason and your other co-hosts are welcome to come on as well. Oh, uh, awesome. I can have up, I can have up as with Streamyard, I can up have up to twelve people on a on a show, which the record I've had is three so far. Oh, all right. Well, I do you know what you're getting yourself into if you get all three of us on? <laughs> that would be quite a show. <laughs> and it just shows you Eagle and Giant fans can get along. Yes. See, yes, we can get along. We can get along. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will definitely be screaming at the TV on Sunday. I know I will. I have the Eagles 24, Giants 21. What's your prediction? I think that sounds about right. I think the Eagles take it. I think we're probably looking at like a relatively low scoring game, my last second field goal or something like that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go, Nikki. But again, I want to say thank you so much for coming on live with CDP Sports Talk, my 224th episode. And uh, I definitely would like to pop by your show on Monday night after I'm finished uh, my next episode. Yes, please do. Thank you for having me. I will send you the link as everybody else too. If you're listening and watching, you can find the link for Monday Night Show on my social media. Um, and congratulations on your, you said 224th episode? Yeah. Yep. That's a big accomplishment. So congratulations. And yeah, let's um, try to, you know, do this again in a few weeks. Definitely. And uh, if you give me about 15 minutes, I'll have this downloaded to audio platforms as well. And I'm now on 19 platforms, including iHeartRadio, which I never thought I would be on. So uh -huh. I'm just, it's just amazing how far I've come in a couple of years. I know, right? Well, I wish you continued success. And if there's anything me or my teammates can do to help you, you just let me know. Thank you so much, Nikki. Have a great evening, great Thank weekend, you. and enjoy your dinner. And we'll we'll talk to you on Monday night then. Okay, sounds good. Talk to good you. Good night, Nikki.
You too. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed my podcast uh, with uh, Nikki. Uh, she's also the co-host of a couple of podcasts in, in the New York, New Jersey area as well. Uh, just bear with me, guys. And I'm just going to play a little video of the Giants-Eagle uh, game. I'm previewing it for Sunday at 1 o'clock at MetLife Stadium. This is courtesy of the National Football League. Hopefully they don't mind me using uh, their clip for this preview between the Giants-Eagles 1 o'clock this Sunday. Stay tuned. The Giants are at home this week. Classic NFC East face-off. They get the Philadelphia Eagles sitting on top of the NFL mountain. It's fun up there, isn't it? Fly, Eagles, fly. Stomping teams with ease. It's another touchdown. <laughs> 40 yards to A.J. Brown. Giants taking on the Giants of the NFL right now. Hey, let's get this thing going, man. Let's get this thing going. Get down, boy! Titans are the AFC South Kings. Against Philly last week, they get dropped 35-10. to 10. No offense, but this Eagles team doesn't need to run those stairs. They are not the Balboa in this story. Sanders walks in. Touchdown, Philadelphia. Man, they are good. This will be New York's first look at Philadelphia's mystique-like offense. Eagles faced a team that was good at stopping the run last week. Not as good stopping the pass. A.J. Brown took it away from Trey Avery. Unbelievable. A.J. Brown ran through Tennessee like he knew the joint. Two touchdowns, eight catches, 119 yards. Just walk on in there, A.J. Now he's going deep to A.J. Brown, who catches it and walks in for a touchdown. Walks in for a touchdown. Devontae Smith, also a good game. Five catches, 102 yards, and a score last week. Hurts again all day, going deep for the end zone. He's got it, Smith, in for the touchdown. Guy throwing them the ball, Jalen Hurts. So good, right? 29 of 39, 380 yards. I mean, that's ridiculous. Three touchdowns, 130.3 rating. Hey, now. Hurts is rolling. Hurts is looking, Hurts is running, Hurts is scoring! Jalen Hurts just outruns everybody. Week before that, Philly played a team that had issues stopping runners. So what did they do? They ran for 363 yards versus Green Bay. Miles Sanders, all he's got to do is stay in behind those black jerseys and follow them all the way to the end zone. On paper, the Giants are more of a cheese team, along the ground anyway, defensively. Five yards per carry allowed to quarterbacks, 5.1 yards per to running backs in 2022, 96 yards, 4.6 to Brian Robinson last week. And off Robinson, big hole up the left side. He's for the 15 to the 20, hit by Love and dropped at the 22-yard line. That's the yardage you don't want to give up in your run game. Giants' pass defense is coming off a shaky outing relative to their body of work. Gave up 275 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 101.2 rating to Taylor Heineke. Open Dotson at the 20, turns the corner 15, spins at the 10, he's going in! Unbelievable catch and run by Jahan Dotson! Giants nickelback Gilbert is trying to find his jockstrap on that play. That was despite one of their best pass rush showings. Five sacks, 10 QB hits. How do you not block him? The streak for Hurts getting sacked continued. So now he's 11-1 and in games where he's been sacked. 
let's go get one. Let's go get one. Daniel Jones, also a disjointed fan, sees the grass on a regular basis, took four sacks last week, has been bagged up at a very high rate this season. That's reason number one he would rather not have to rely on his arm this week. Jones steps up, puts out a time to go. Jerron Kane pulls him down at the 35. Another huge sack. And here comes the Giants putting unit. Reason number two. Philadelphia has dudes like Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham. Those dudes literally shared a sixer last week. Four-man rush. Pressure comes, and they got to him again. And this pass rush just eating up this Titans offensive line. Reason number three, the Eagles secondary in those corners. Best in 2022. Fires towards Lazard. It's deflected in. It's well known. The Giants like to keep things low key. It's the Saquon Barkley DJ show. If I break along one, I better see Vanilla Vic down there. All right, I got you. Daniel Jones got back to taking off in week 13. It sparked their offense. It just seems like a necessary component for them. He ran for 71 yards, 5.9 a carry in their tie. I guess they got caught up in World Cup group play, I guess. Rolls to his right. He's going to run to the sideline, gets the first down, and then steps out of bounds. Gain of 10 for Jones and a first down Giants. The Eagles let Ryan Tannehill go for 34 yards on three carries. That's 11.3 a run. I'm not saying that it mattered in that game, but they have given up 6.1 a run to quarterbacks, so it hasn't been a strong point. Looking, can't find one. That's going to take off. First down and more Tannehill. They also give up 4.5 to running backs not great but they come in off a game where they held the mighty king to 2.7 per run gives it to henry and henry is brought down again at the line of scrimmage now they get barkley he scored last week ran hard hand off barkley dashes up the middle to the five and in for the touchdown he hit that one and hit the turbo button and got right through there he also finished with just 3.5 a carry Four of his last five games now, he's been under 3.6. Hand off for Barkley, and he gets slammed down by Deron Payne. Yeah. The NFC East feels like it's back. Let's go! Let's go! Both these teams on the rise. G-Men will have the crowd. They will wish all the Eagles players a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'm sure. sure. Add your thoughts in the comments section. Take this preview from C-minus material. That clip was courtesy of the National Football League, and that's a preview of the Eagles-Giants uh, game Sunday at 1 o'clock MetLife Stadium on Fox. The Eagles are an all-time 90 wins, 88 losses, and two ties all-time against the New York Giants. They're 8-4 and four at MetLife Stadium since it opened in 2009. It's the 10th anniversary of the miracle on the Meadowlands uh, Part 2 with Deshaun Jackson scoring that winning touchdown on a punt return at the end of the game. That was crazy as well. And you also see former Giant cornerback James Bradbury uh, with the Eagles as well. Um, CDP's prediction for this Eagles-Giants game, I have the Eagles winning 24-21 to over the Giants in a close game. I think Jake Elliott will hit the last-minute field goal to win the game for the Eagles. I say it's going to be a competitive game. Three keys to an Eagle win uh, for me are the Eagles need to get off to a strong start being on the road at MetLife Stadium. Number two, they need to be able to run the ball as well with Sanders and Scott and even Hurts to some degrees. And the third key if they can get pressure on Daniel Jones, which the Eagles have been great at pass rush this year, they're second in the National Football League with 42 sacks. I think if they can sack Daniel Jones, 
put pressure on him. He's going to throw some bad passes, interceptions, and turnovers could be a factor as well. So again, for the Eagles, strong start, run the ball, and pressure Daniel Jones as well. Also, guys, just to let you know, my next live with CDP Sports Talk, sponsored by Barry Collins, Barry Collins Chevrolet, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. My next show is this Monday, December 12th at 6.15 p.m. Eastern. My guest is going to be Scott Crawford. He's the Director of Operations for the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame in St. Mary's. It's our version of Cooperstown the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown version here in Ontario. St. Mary's, Ontario, a little town just like Cooperstown. It's about 40 minutes from London, Ontario, and about three hours from Toronto. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Scott Crawford uh, and talk some Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and how much Canada has impacted uh, Major League Baseball over the years as well. And uh, Philadelphia Phillies manager Rob Thompson is a member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame as well. So I hope you guys can tune in to Season 5, Episode 5 of Live with CDP Sports Talk this Monday night at 6.15 with Scott Crawford from the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and St. Mary's as well. Also, guys, Live with CDP Sports Talk is now live-streamed on five platforms. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and on my LinkedIn page as well. I'm just going to read a comment here, and let's see the comments. Linda, Lydia Cornell, um, you are great. Well, thank you, and I'm hoping one day, uh, Lydia, you, you, Lydia, you might be interested in coming on and talking about your career in, um, in acting on TV and movies as well, Lydia, and I appreciate your friendship over the year, and thank you for watching, and uh, I'm hoping one day we can have you as a guest on, and uh, I grew up watching TV in the 80s, uh, Too Close for Comfort, Knight Rider, Dukes of Hazard, all those great shows, and uh, you start in a lot of them, or a guest start on them, and I really appreciate you watching my show tonight. Thank you so much. And Jim Zettel, a mechanic from Barry Cullen Chevrolet, my sponsor. Great show, CDP. Well, Jim, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I, I'm trying to improve and get good guests on here. And I'm just, uh, I'm the host. It's the podcast. It's the guests that make a show. I just uh, ask the questions and people want to see great guests. So thank you, Jim, for your support. And I really appreciate it. And, uh, and I really appreciate your workplace, uh, Barry Cullen Chevrolet, for sponsoring my podcast show as well. And uh, let's see, guys. Also, uh, give me one second, guys, and I will do this again like I do with all my shows. Live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for their newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call again at 519-824-0210 on Tom, Chris Palme, a.k.a. CDP, sent you as well. And I've been a, a proud customer of Barry Collins uh, for 22 years now, and I just bought a 2023 Chevy Trailblazer from the Barry Collins dealership here in Guelph, and hopefully I'll have my vehicle in January or February, and uh, really good people down there, really good product, and uh, check out their uh, vehicles down there as well. And uh, Jim's uh, one of the mechanics that does a great job on my car as well. Also, guys, uh, you guys can also check me out on TikTok. I, I'm on there quite often uh, at Live with CDP, at Live with CDP on TikTok as well. And also, StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk podcast. StreamYard is the way to go. 
I think Zoom is great, but Stream, I think, is even better. And they have great customer service at StreamYard. And if you ever have an issue, which I rarely have, uh, they have techs uh, that can help you out as well. But StreamYard is definitely my official live is my uh, definitely my official live stream provider of Live with CDP podcast as well. And like I do with all my shows before I wrap this up, Live with CDP Sports Talk podcast, the audio version is downloaded to iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, TunedIn, and Podbean as well. And I want to say thank you to everybody watching this live on my YouTube channel, on LinkedIn, on my YouTube channel, on Twitch, and on my Twitter page as well. And and also for people that listen to this podcast show later on my 14 audio platforms. And Live with CDP podcast is now being listened to on 20 countries across the world on my audio platforms. And it's just such a great feeling seeing my audience slowly build up on my YouTube channel and on my audio platforms. And uh, I'm glad people do watch and listen to my show. And uh, I love doing this. And I'm hoping one day to get an opportunity in radio as well. And again, I want to say thank you to my guest tonight uh, for coming on, uh, Nikki, Nikki uh, Geist. Uh, she's a host of the Rush Hour podcast and co-host of the Giants Rush podcast and three podcasts as well as uh, on the uh, Channel Side Bets podcast. And she's also a reporter for the New York Giants with um, – I believe it's with uh, Jersey Sporting News as well. So I really appreciate Nikki coming on. And please check out her uh, podcast shows on YouTube and all the other audio platforms such as Apple and iHeartRadio and Google Podcast as well. But I uh, really enjoyed talking to Nikki about the New York Giants and uh, look forward to the game on Sunday. Again, I've got the Eagles winning 24-21 over those Giants. and uh, And that's about it. And as for my college football picks, guys, I've got Michigan over Texas Christian University, and I have Georgia over Ohio State, and the national championship game should be Michigan versus Ohio State uh, in the new year. So cross your fingers, go blue, go Eagles, fly Eagles, fly. And again, thank you to Nikki for coming on, and thank you everybody for watching live with CDP Sports Talk. Uh, brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet here in Guelph. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you Monday night, 6.15 for Season 5, Episode 5 of Live with CDP Sports Talk with Scott Crawford from the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Take care, everybody, and uh, go Birds.